This podcast proudly brought to you by Moss Shot Shells. Old school is back in season. Experience superior shells when you go with Boss Shot Shells. Their premium, non-toxic bismuth shells knock birds down so hard that the old guys might just think they're shooting lead again. Make sure you check out Boss Shot Shells for your next purchase of shotgun shells. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by one of the podcast's newest friends and partners, Emily from Shotcam. And if you guys have watched some of my duck hunting videos from the YouTube channel, then you've seen the awesome footage that you can have and some of the learning and training tools that are capable with using the Shotcam. But before we jump into the podcast, a quick word from our partners, and we'll get right into it. Gunner's American-made dog boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the market's only CPS crash test certification. The guys over at Gunner Kennels have conducted major stress tests to show just how strong they really are, like applying 4,000 pounds of force, dropping a 630-pound hammer from 8 feet and shooting it with a 12-gauge shotgun at seven paces with no bullet penetration. Engineered for your dog and built for your peace of mind, Gunner doesn't cut any corners. Nothing comes close to the G1. Go to GunnerKennels.com and use code DUCKGUN10 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at ShotCam. Now I've been using ShotCam for the last year and I can tell you right now, it's a great tool for improving your shooting, whether you're doing clays or live birds, or just want to see some cool footage of your shots after the fact. Make sure to check out ShotCam.com and use discount code DuckGun at checkout for $40 off. Hi, this is Kelly Bailey from Bailey's Game Calls. I'm here to tell you about our duck, goose, and wood duck calls. We use 3D printing technology to revolutionize the industry. This new technology allows us to create calls with the same sound as wood, acrylic, or anything in between that's at a fraction of the price. Make sure to check out baileysgamecalls.com for your next game call. Next, we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with their system of wind socks and silhouettes. Use discount code DUCKGUNPOD at checkout for 10% off your next order at whiterockdecoys.com. Speak. I'm not a robot. Is that how you talk to your golden slave all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Speak. Speak. Do it. Do something. <laughs> Pull my kayak. I need something funny for the video. <laughs> That should have been your YouTube channel, The Golden Slave. <laughs> you would have got demonetized just to have that name. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and roll into it. All right. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting. And our guest for tonight is Aiden, better known as Golden Boy or more frequently called the Golden Slave. So how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for those of you that um, do or don't, I guess, watch FDH, Freelance Duck Hunting videos, if you do watch it, you certainly um, know who Aiden or Golden Boy is. And if you don't, you should certainly head on over to YouTube, check out Freelance Duck Hunting, and you will see this guy in virtually, I'd say probably in 50% of the overall episodes maybe maybe more than that you're in it a bunch aren't you yeah a lot from the past couple seasons yeah we met what did we may meet in season two right uh, or is it season one i think it was season two we met in season two. three three seasons ago yeah yeah ran into you him. know most people talk about years as in like 2014 you know <laughs> <laughs> i've lost seasons are easier for me <laughs> seasons are easy one two three four <laughs> yeah, what's more important? 
Yeah, I ran into Aiden at the boat ramp. He had beat me in um, and was taking our spot, so I begrudgingly asked to hunt with him, and we've been side-by-side ever since, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. It's been an awesome duck hunting friendship. Yeah, because, I mean, my best two years duck hunting were both with you. I don't know. It's probably not a coincidence. We'll see what happens <laughs> next year when you're not around as much, What my if my average plummets. <laughs> probably to zero. Yeah. But those of you that are YouTube YouTubers, uh, Aiden has his own channel called Cherry Creek Outdoors, and and it's uh, got some momentum going, so make sure to head over and subscribe to his channel and check him out, and also, obviously, Duck Gun Chronicles and Freelance Duck Hunting as well, but... If you haven't subscribed to Aiden's channel, make sure you do that. Yeah, thanks, guys. I got a couple fishing videos coming out in the next few days from when I was down in Florida, and I caught a shark, and we caught some mackerel, so there should be some excitement in there. Sweet deal. So the topic for tonight is we're going to be doing our last hunt update of the season. I'm not sure if hunting for turkeys is out of season in Kansas, but it just ended here in, in Indiana. Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's all right. (laughs) So it just ended here in Indiana. um, And, yeah, so we got some stories to tell. So, Aiden, do you want to go ahead and and we'll just jump into your uh, first turkey hunt? Yeah, sure. I'll start off with my first one. Um, uh, Went out on a morning before class and got i mean i didn't get up super early because it wasn't duck hunting and i was not there on time um and i got set up across the ditch from these jakes if i would have been on time i would have set up right where i knew they were roosting but i had to set up farther away because i got there late and so i ended up being on the other side of the ditch from them and they came right behind me on the other side of the ditch so about 100 yards away and then uh, they gobbled at me and I uh, gobbled at them and was clucking at them and they went along their way and I wasn't sure if they were going to come back in later if they forgot about me but they ended up crossing the ditch farther down and all three of them came in about eight yards and just kind of hung out for a little bit in my decoys and I shot one and then the other two Jakes still hung out in my decoys <laughs> <laughs> and actually got him to gobble a couple times a few minutes nice. later after I shot one. Did you have um, your t- did you have your second tag with you at that time or or what was your thinking on that? I had not bought my second tag yet. Um but even if I had I wouldn't have shot another Jake. I wanted to wait for uh, a tom but it's hard to pass up uh turkeys at eight yards when yeah. they don't know you're there so yeah and, Was and for, a... the, for those of you to give you a little better context context of the visuals of what this looks like in kansas out where aiden's hunting it's mostly just crop fields and then you've got a creek that runs down with timber running through it and so when aiden refers to a ditch um he's talking about the creek and the section of of woodland that goes in between it and then they get pretty a lot easier to hunt when you get when you get like that but i just want to give people a little better visual of is, what it looks is like. the ditch actually uh like a farm drainage ditch or is it actual like flowing creek it's an actual flowing creek okay um, it's probably about uh, averages about a uh, 75 yards across not the creek but the ditch the creek's probably only four or five yards across yeah. So why is the ditch so wide? <laughs> because of all the trees and how uh, rolling and steep the bank is, they don't plant that. And gotcha. the the owners hunt. Um, if they didn't hunt, I'm sure that there would be nothing left, no trees left on that property, and they'd be farming the whole thing. But the owners like to hunt that. So nice. So I know you got a well, not to give any spoilers, but. You got a Tom as well this season. Um, how did the meat compare as far as like how much you got out of your Jake to your Tom? That's an interesting question because um, I hadn't really thought about it that much or done any experimenting 
I didn't do any ex experimenting on purpose, but I did fry up the Jake, and I did notice it was quite a bit more tender than the Tom turkey was. And mm. uh, I would say the meat was pretty similar. Maybe the Tom probably had a little bit more meat, but the Jake meat was uh, quite a bit more tender than the mm. Tom meat was, in my opinion. Tastier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice. And then I fried it up in a skillet once, and then um, I also put uh, one of the breasts in a like a pot roast, like a pulled pork uh, seasoning, and that turned out really well. So definitely recommend that. Good deal. Yeah, I gotta I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do with mine. Definitely a, a crock pot is a good way to go. Yeah, that's the plan with the legs, at least. I kept the legs for the first time this year, so I'm actually cooking those up tomorrow. I'm looking forward oh, nice. to it. I'm going to do pulled. I've done pulled duck and goose quite a few times, mm -hmm. so just slow cook it and shred them apart. It should be good. Yeah. So the last turkey I shot was with Aiden a couple years ago, and I thought that I could just cook it like I cooked duck. I haven't shot a ton of I probably only shot like five, four or five turkeys in my life. But I've been cooking duck just like steak, you know, marinating it, putting it on the grill. And so I thought, well, surely I can just do turkey like that. And it was terrible. I almost said it. I had to throw some of it out. It was <laughs> so – it was just not the way to cook a turkey. Yeah. It was brutal. It was like eating rubber. <laughs> yeah, I did I did something similar, actually. I did uh, uh, two years back. Um, I took my turkey breast, and I got it cut thinly just the same i actually took it to a butcher and had him cut it in thin strips with all my uh goose i shot from the season um just had him cut it up real thin so i could make jerky out of it and um like i did i can't remember how many pounds it was it was pound like tons of pounds though it was like enough that i had goose jerky for like all the way to the next season <laughs> but i did the turkey with it and i thought you know we'll make some turkey jerky um and that was a bad plan because I tried it at the same time as the goose and all the goose dried out and was perfect. And then I got the pieces of the turkey out and it was just like rubber <laughs> and uh, I couldn't eat it. I just, yeah, it was just unedible because I smoked it the wrong, the wrong amount of time pretty much. See, I never expected that because it's like, you know, waterfowl is so dark like steak. I just figured, okay, turkey is this white, delicious meat. Surely I can just throw it on the grill. I don't understand why it's so bad that way. <laughs> Cooking Maybe turkey it's just is user tough. Error. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it can be really, uh, the meat can be really tough. Uh, I know when we cook it in a fry daddy in the past, um, it turns out pretty tough in the fry daddy. It's been my experience. Mm. That was my uh, plan for the. <laughs> The breast maybe i'll have to come up with a different plan yeah i know uh tim at uh at work from htr um he has took his to a butcher to get smoked um and then to keep it moist when they reheat it i can't remember how he said he reheats it. i think he'd set on a skillet and they put a whole stick of butter with it <laughs> <laughs> and he said it was excellent that way what the butter yeah. or the turkey <laughs> <laughs> I think both, but <laughs> all right. So I think I'll I'll jump into mine uh, my hunt now. Um, I got a, a couple to talk about, but I kind of want to talk about mine first. So <laughs> it's not yeah. going in chronological order of how it happened over the season. So um, going out for my turkey, I hadn't been out to hunt that much. I'd been out a lot to film. So I'd been out, our, our season in Indiana is, I think it's 18 days, and I was out 10 of them, and <laughs> uh, pretty much all of those I was filming, but secondarily hunting, so I really hadn't had a lot of, a lot of opportunities. Um, so going out, and I had Saturday and Sunday, the last weekend to go, and Saturday morning rolled around, my alarm set for four in the morning. And I just turned it off, went back to sleep. <laughs> on purpose? Because I know you do that on accident sometimes. No, I did it. I did it purposely. Like, I had snoozed it, and I'm like, why is this thing still? Like, I got, like, angry. Like, why is this thing still going off? And, like, go into, like, the alarm clock setting and, like, turn all three of them off and, like, roll over in bed. And 
Did you regret it later that day? Um, I mean, you always have that little bit of regret. You're like, ah, like season's closing out. I'm losing all my opportunities. I'm like, I still got tomorrow. I still got tomorrow. Sunday morning rolls around. Have my alarms all set again. 4.30, 4.25, 4.20. And they go off, and I'm just like, it's not happening. It's just not happening. <laughs> so I just turn them all off. And, um, and then, yeah, I was really regretting it at that point. I'm like, man, I only got the afternoon left. Um, so then I just, you know, I went for it. So it was Mother's Day. So, um, we did all the Mother's Day events, all that kind of stuff. Um, and once all that was, you know, through, it's like two 30 in the afternoon and I'm like, all right, I need to go get my turkey. And so I head out to a field and I told my wife when I left, I'm like, all right, um, I'll be back home when I have a turkey or at dark. (laughs) And my plan was just to sit out for the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, I'm like, eventually something's got to walk by. So I go to this field I'd been scouting out. Um, I'd seen them go through it multiple times over multiple years. So I know they use it. And I saw this big pot of turkeys out there the last time um, I went hunting. And I knew kind of where they go on the route of that field. So went out there, got out there, and did a little drive-around scout of the property. And I saw turkeys were already out on the neighboring property and that's generally how it works. They start on the neighbor's property, walk through this property, and then roost on a, on the neighbor's property further north. So my plan, get in between them and catch them en route. So I go out there, set up, and I'm sitting out there for, you know, a couple hours and nothing. You know, I, I set up as close as I could to where I saw them on the neighbor's property calling. Um, didn't get any response, didn't get any visual on them until um, about two and a half hours later. And I see them crossing the field across from me. And uh, they're not coming in the route that they always take. And so they're going kind of like all the way across the field and going behind these trees, this woods over there. And so I, mean, I just watched the whole group go behind those trees. And I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do now? The turkeys I was going to hunt are off this property and already onto the roosting property. And at this point, it's like, you know, 5, 530 in the afternoon. So um, it goes till <clears throat> shooting light goes till... Uh, 8.50, so I still had like three and a half hours of shooting light, so I'm not sure if they're going to circle back around or if they're just in the roosted property for the rest of the day. Um, but I decided to pack up and um, and just go to the next spot because I have other places I can hunt. Um, these turkeys have already walked through. I can't catch them en route. So get all loaded up, get back to the Jeep, and I'm driving past the field to the next spot and thank goodness I had to drive that way because if not, I, I never would have seen them. I would have been driving somewhere else. Um, so I drive by and the turkeys are just standing right there in the corner of the field. Um, and I just couldn't believe it because they're just right there. <laughs> right there in the corner, behind, hidden from me behind the woods. And so they didn't see me when I walked out through the, the tree or through the field, not through the trees, um, out into my Jeep. So... Um, I turn around and I drive to the other side of the woods and decide I'm going to, you know, put a little spot and stock on them. So wasn't, honestly, I wasn't very optimistic. I I don't know if you guys have ever tried spot and stock in turkeys at all, but in my experience, it just, it never goes well. Um, but set out through the woods and kind of slowly walk through there. Um, and every time I saw him getting skittish, I could see him through the trees. Um, every time I saw him getting skittish, I would give him a little call, give him a little, um, kind of make him, make him think I'm, um, uh, a hen. And then I'd hear like the hens putzing back. So they're just eating it up. I'm sneaking through the woods. Every time I step on a twig, I'd see him like look back towards, towards the woods, but it was super thick in there. So they couldn't see anything. Um, and eventually I get up to about, uh, probably 50 yards from the tree line and so they're still out out there at like 60 yards and I was hoping I could call them and get them to kind of move towards me so I, I sit there for a little bit and call and nothing they're just sitting out there uh, the hens are still putzing back but the the tom really is just fanning fanning around and I could barely see him you know just see him through the trees and the um the brush and all that kind of stuff so eventually I decide I'm gonna have to belly crawl the rest of the way up there and so I belly crawl probably to Oh, I don't know, 45, 40 yards from the tree line. Um, and I get up there and I'm still calling, still calling, um, every once in a while, just trying to keep them at ease thinking it's a hen. And, uh, 
finally the tom gobbles once and his face is all red so you know he's excited he just gobbles once puts his fan down and all 10 of the turkeys march into the woods together <laughs> and so at that point i'm like all right it's on and i, I didn't have uh even chance to get up to a tree because normally you want to get up there lean up against a tree you can get a better kind of angle swing your gun all that kind of stuff so i just crawl up into the tall grass and lay there just laying there prone and watching all these turkeys walk in there so that, that was honestly it was super um exciting when you when you get the turkeys kind of working in there like that um honestly all season i really hadn't seen them uh be that responsive to the call at all so um i don't know that that was just awesome having that um uh, but anyways <clears throat> i can see the tom walking in and he's walking and there's this big hedge kind of not a hedge but like a big clump of brush briars and all this kind of stuff and he's walking on the left side of it and i'm on the right side of it so all these turkeys walk in there and i lose sight of the tom um but you know i just lay there kind of lay there and i have two jakes walk right up in front of me um and they're right there about 10 yards just standing there and i can tell they can see me because they're you know moving their heads around just kind of like looking and um kind of bobbing their heads around and and they see something they just don't know what it is and it's just me laying there with my gun you know pointed towards them and my face facing them but i got a face mask on so they can't tell what, what i am but they know something's there and eventually i start hearing turkeys to my side going behind me um and i'm like all right i'm gonna have to make a decision here i can't see the tom so my two options were just stand up and hopefully he's right there over the the brush in that hedge um or shoot one of these jigs so i'm like man it's the last day i got a few hours left um i've seen a lot this season i'm ready to shoot a turkey <laughs> so um i just put my gun right on one of the heads of the jakes pull the trigger and and i you know blasted them and i didn't regret it at all <laughs> yeah that was a good choice on the last day for sure yeah. i was listening no, i just watched your video today i was really impressed with the calling you did um with those turkeys in there so close it sounded really great and they responded really well to it yeah no i really like the call i got too so kind of a little shout out to jt calls that's the i've tried multiple uh diaphragm calls but that one just sounds like super raspy it's a good sounding call sound, yeah i think it sure. makes it sound way better than any of the other ones i bought and like i will say the other ones i bought are like from like big r kind of like uh you know sporting goods generic calls and you know that's the first kind of like from a call company i've bought um but it, it you can tell the difference in it i was glad to see i, I enjoyed seeing your emotional reaction i'm glad you filmed that after it was like a, <laughs> it was not only because when you're filming so much part of it is relief you know um yeah but then excitement but then also relief you're like oh last day i did it i got it done you know <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I was a little, I was a little down on turkey hunting up to that point. I'm just like, man, I'm ready for season to be over. I've got up ten days out of the last eighteen at four thirty in the morning. Like, I'm just exhausted from yeah. this. And so, you know, having that, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that happened because it uh, kind of rejuvenated me as far as being happy about turkey season. <laughs> Sweet. And kind of like another another point to point out that that was the first turkey hunt um, that I went on solo that year. Um, and there's just something about being out there, you know, by yourself, getting out, out there, um, just kind of out there in nature and all that kind of stuff. And that's something I don't want to get away from the more and more I do with like filming or, um, just everything. It's just good to be out there every once in a while by yourself and be out there and kind of like be in the moment. Cause that's one thing I find just in everyday life having trouble with, um, I know for you and me, or Elliot, um, maybe you as well too, Aiden, but with the amount of stuff we do in social media and all that kind of stuff, it's just sometimes it's hard to be present in the moment. And uh, when I was in that, that zone hunting that turkey, um, you know, doing the spot and stock, and that lasted, in the video, it doesn't, it doesn't seem very long, but it lasted probably, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, all the way from on one side of the woods, walking through, laying there calling, um, and like that whole time I was just in the moment. Um, and that's just, you know, even when I'm sitting there and I was hunting turkeys, I was checking social media and stuff. And I'm like, man, it's just great to be in the moment and kind of forget about all that other stuff. And even when I'm doing that, I need to like, when I hunt, try to put my phone down more, or whatever I'm doing in life, be more in the moment. That's kind of one thing I, 
I kind of felt during that hunt, I guess. <laughs> well, and that's one thing people don't understand when you're filming all your hunts, you definitely sacrifice that because you have to realize that if you see something really, really cool and you're on a hunt and you're not filming it, you're just like you said, you're present, you're completely absorbed in whatever you're seeing, whether you know, it's animals or a sunrise or you're just, you can just sit and be absorbed by it. But when you're filming, the first thing you do is how am I going to capture this? And so you lose, you definitely lose that, um, which is a big, a big sacrifice to make, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's uh, almost better to have, instead of doing solo filming, it's a little better to have somebody by, by you because you can be absorbed more in the hunt, have somebody else taking the, you know, the camera and filming that part of it. Well, that's why I love having one of the many reasons I love having Aiden hunting with me so much is he is every bit as willing to grab the camera. Um, and when we hunt together, I mean, you know, he's more than happy to put the gun down, grab the camera, take it over. And man, that's been such a blessing to me to have someone that isn't benefiting it at, from what we're doing as much as I am, but completely willing to pick up the camera and do everything anyway, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So that, that ended my turkey season right there. Um, we only get one one tag in Indiana. So let's jump into your second hunt, Aiden. I'm guessing we lost his audio again. <laughs> Aiden? Hello. <laughs> Oh, Maybe he's been talking the whole time. Maybe he's been making comments and saying all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> man, you're going to have to say all that nice stuff about him again. I know. I'm sure you heard it. And I was like, gosh, you're not even going to say anything. You just stay silent on that. <laughs> I'm not ragging on you. <laughs> Oops. I'm back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. All right. Oops. So <laughs> could you hear us that whole time, at least? Oh, yeah. I could hear you guys. I didn't. I didn't know I was off. Were you, you making uh, comments and stuff? I didn't. I didn't say anything until um, you were talking about uh, how you're being appreciative of me being there and filming. And I was like, "Oh, thanks, Elliot." And then Jordan just kept talking, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> they must not be able to say anything." <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't hear you. Yeah, Elliot's known to talk over guests. But, uh, you know, if, you, if you go look at our reviews, not true, <laughs> not true. Jordan sabotages me with his editing and lays my lays my talk right on top of people's. Yeah, no, that's the the crappy software that we had. So it wasn't supposed to be crappy. We're paying for it now. Now we switched, so all those problems are fixed. Yeah. All right, nice. let's get this thing back on the rails. Yeah. All right, Aiden. Um, you want me to talk hunt? about uh, my second hunt? Or my hunt with my dad because I was technically the second turkey I've part of shooting, or just yeah, mine. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Well, it was really nice. Uh, I came back um, home from school, and my dad and I got up early, and we had hunted this uh, spot in the past, and this is actually pretty close to where Elliot and I hunted, um, and he shot his turkey a couple years ago, and this is a much more wooded area less of a big open field with uh, smaller ditches this is a pretty much a forested area that we were hunting and there was at least eight toms we could hear gobbling that morning so we were pretty optimistic um, we didn't even set out decoys since we were in the woods we uh, just called well actually I did set out one decoy um, but actually I couldn't even see it, it I don't think anything would have seen it. Uh, so that was kind of a pointless decoy. But um, So we called um, maybe every five or ten minutes for the first hour. And we had tracked uh, two or three different gobblers um, just based off of their gobbling, um, which was pretty frequent. You know, every minute or a couple minutes they'd sound off and, and gobble and uh, none of them were coming our way so we ended up switching uh, spots in the woods and started chasing a gobbler that had already kind of passed our location and we got this gobbler to he was going south and we got him to come back north 
Um, so, and I, I was filming that hunt, but it was, the trees were dense and the grass was thick and the turkey was probably 25 yards and uh, it definitely suspected something. You know, its head was bobbing up and it, was, it turned around. So dad went ahead and shot it and uh, it, you know, dad shot it and there's a pond right there and it ended up going in the pond and <laughs> we had to grab a, a long stick to get it out of the pond because as it its final breaths it was like kicking itself farther and farther from shore <laughs> so would it just run down there and hop in or is it just like all twitching and nervous? it was just twitching and flapping its wings is how it got it down there um so there was really not much life left in it if any life but it was just the after effect of the shot and just like it spazzing out um it was like 10 feet in the water <laughs> so that was fun nice. i never had a turkey end up in the water after being shot and you it was get a really turkey cool. dog yeah <laughs> almost get him out there and retrieving yeah and so well, the 25 next yards it is not really uh that long of a shot at all no it's not it was pretty close were you guys trying to get them closer then, or is it just yeah. the brush you're worrying about? Yeah, we were hoping um, it would come closer because there was actually a path we were sitting along, and the hope was it would walk, continue along that path, and it, then it would have been between 5 and 10 yards away, and I would have been able to get it on video. That was the goal. Oh, gotcha. Um, so you couldn't, you couldn't see it with the camera? Could not see it with the camera. I could only see the top of his head and so could dad was a little bit to my right he could see it a little better than i could and so it was definitely he said it had turned around and uh they make the putting sound like a putt putt yeah when there it's a there's an alarm and it was doing that so it was definitely a good time to shoot because i don't think it was coming back <laughs> so, nice yeah so is that the only turkey your dad shot this year yeah that's actually dad's only hunt this year <laughs> so he's one for one on the turkey season nice. how big was that that's bird nice. it was the beard was ten and a half inches and the spurs were an inch in an eighth or a quarter um <laughs> we never we always forget to weigh our birds i just we know uh dad never weighed our birds growing up and then I'd never actually heard of anybody weighing their birds until Elliot had mentioned it to me. And so I meant to, and, and then uh, it was already cleaned, and, and I was like, oh, I should have weighed that bird. That's my number one concern. I know most people, it's beard length and spur, but I just want, I just want the poundage. I just, I'm always shooting for that 20 pounds, you know? Yeah. I want the 20-pounder. Did you know that uh, Elliot actually weighs all of his ducks as well? <laughs> <laughs> three pounds, three pounds, three pounds. <laughs> It's actually the newest stat. He just added it to FDH stats. <laughs> season tally. <laughs> Most people kind of look at either the shooting percentage or number of ducks per hunt. Elliot looks at like the average pounds per hunt. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon he's going to be like weighing his sled every hunt to see how much weight he's carrying in and out. How much weight I'm going to make you carry in and out, you mean? <laughs> That's, yeah, he's yeah, got to make sure much. that your your uh, sled is twice the weight of his. To... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's pushing a little bit. It's like three to one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. So next time I got to talk about um, – so I can't remember how far I talked about the hunts um, last week with HDR – but I know we've we've dove into them um, on the last podcast. So I'm just going to pick up somewhere. But we've been hunting in this same field. It just has like a ton of toms. We scattered it out before season. And this woods has 8 to 10 toms. But for whatever reason, they're just being perfect at avoiding it. It's like it's just terrible luck. So, I mean, we're literally setting up. We're setting up in the A-frame. That's one of our goals is just to hunt from the A-frame. And we're literally having birds off the roost fly directly overhead <laughs> of us in the a-frame but they all end up being like hens or the toms go a different way uh, well anyways on this day same thing we hadn't moved the a-frame at all 
Um, and it was two or three days later from the last time we hunted out of it. Um, and last time we were out there, we had a bunch of hens off the roost fly right in front of us, literally like eight yards. And so today, um, or that day we get out there and we can see up in the tree, we can see birds roosted about, I'm going to say about 70 yards away. Um, and as it gets lighter and lighter, we can tell that one of the birds we see is a Tom and he's just sitting right there. He's facing towards us. Um, and all ready to go. So, <laughs> um, we do have some hens come out in front of us first, but he's even gobbling right there. We can see him. So we're just all sitting in the A-frame kind of waiting, waiting, hoping he pitches out right in front of us. And sure enough, um, he pitches right out of the tree and, um, right to the left of us. And he's probably, I don't even know, 20 yards if that, um, and he just lands right there. And so, um, right when he does that, we kind of all get ready. Um, I'm trying to turn the camera to get a good angle on him. Hunter grabs his gun and getting ready to pop up out of there and um, shoot him in the head. And we didn't know this, but another Tom out of the roost came and landed right next to him. And so the other goal we had, we were trying to shoot a double, but we didn't know. We had no idea that the second one landed because we're so focused on the first one. And uh, even Hunter stood up and went to shoot shoot the turkey and he didn't even realize there's another one there but there's one standing right next to him but you know we can't be that picky hunter stood up popped him and we got our turkey so or he got his turkey pretty cool that had to be really fun and intense when those turkeys were coming down <laughs> all around you and that tom sitting there in the trees and you're peeking around i just watched that video yesterday peeking around and trying to zoom in on him in the trees that had to be fun yeah that's it's it's pretty cool to see him fly out of the roost i don't think i've ever hunted that close where you can see them and have them land in shooting range how did you get the a-frame set up in the dark and not scare those birds out of roost that's what i was wondering <laughs> well it was already set up so we carried it the rest oh, of the way okay okay so we set it up out of range because i mean it's aluminum on aluminum hitting you're going to scare him. But if you just carry it, there's no noise. Three guys and, and that stuff still. You guys, it's amazing that you didn't, as close as those birds were, you didn't scare them out of roost. I would have scared yeah. them out of roost, don't you think, Aiden? That's a pretty good pretty good chance. Aiden and I were hunting one time out, out uh, turkey hunting, and he says, shh, be quiet. You're walking like a duck hunter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, duck hunters walk loud in the woods. <laughs> See, my theory on it is that turkeys are just used to, as long as you're going in there at dark, they're used to things walking under, under them at night, whether it's coyotes or deer, they just hear stuff walking under them. So you can walk right under a turkey, just, I mean, walk quiet, don't talk, all that kind of stuff, and you're not going to scare them out of roost unless you're super loud or they can see you. Hmm. Yeah. So you were there pretty early then? I mean, yeah, we get we get there uh, pitch black. Okay, yeah. I have trouble doing that during turkey season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that for sure. It's it's no duck hunting, but, I mean, it's still still a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was it. I haven't seen the video. Do you still camo the A-frame for turkeys, or do you just no, leave the just, canvas? No, yeah, just canvas. They're not near as picky. <laughs> yeah. And not it, as picky as ducks. And they've got, uh, with these blinds, they've got special, um, like, rows of holes to look out through. So you don't have to necessarily look over the top of them, which is pretty cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's neat. So you can nice. stay in it. So last year they hunted out of the A-frame, um, and they just had to, like, peek out of the side and try to peek over the top. But you're going to bust birds that way pretty easy. Mm -hmm. So it's just rectangles cut out of it, two on each side of the center pretty much. Um, that way you can peek through it, and uh, you're not going to bust turkeys. And then when you're ready, you just stand up and pop them. And you got, like, I don't know, two to three seconds before they bust. We haven't had any so far where they just like immediately run. You have time to aim on them and shoot them in the head. They're kind of like, oh crap. <laughs> no, they just don't know. They're like, like I was here. I didn't see anything. And all of a sudden this thing pops up <laughs> <laughs> like a giant whack-a-mole or something. <laughs> and you just stand up and pop them. So, and then kind of add on that. So, to end our bad luck, like we'd hunted a lot the first 15 days, the last three days. Um, so Hunter shot his three days left. 
I shot mine the last day, and we split up. And Tim went on his own as well the last day, and he went back to that A-frame and shot one as well. So we all, all three got our turkeys right there at the end. That's cool. Yeah, and he could have, he could have, we could have doubled that last day. He could have doubled that time by himself. And this whole season, we've been trying to double, double up, um, just for kicks. And then finally, it's happened at the last season, and it happens on the hunt when we're not with him. So I'm like, really? Of course. <laughs> of all the time to do it. So at least you guys bailed it out, though. And you got two good videos out of it. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, jump into your last one, Aiden. It's when Aiden shot my turkey. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is this the one where? Uh, yeah, you can start it off by telling how disappointed you were with uh, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we lost a golden boy again. I wonder what the deal is with that. I don't know. All right, we can't hear you. Reset it again. You're going to have some good editing to do on this one. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just tell jokes in between. That way I don't have to mess with it. <laughs> well. Go ahead. What you got? Um, I'm usually usually you're the one telling the jokes. I don't have anything. Nothing. Okay. Here's Aiden. He's back. Right. He saved us. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know why he keeps kicking me off, but um. <laughs> hopefully he didn't say anything important. No, not yet. Anyway. All right. Did, let's uh, jump into your last one. Did you cancel on me, Elliot, the morning of or the evening before I came over? Uh, it was the evening for because uh, old wifey and I, like I was, I don't, I would, I don't know if I'd consider it a fight, but it was certainly in that area, in that realm of long conversation over multiple topics that has been building and needs to happen, where it could turn into a fight at any time, and uh, we were, <laughs> it was, it was a Sunday, and I had big stuff coming up for work on Monday and I knew if I if I didn't get to sleep till like 1:30 because we Beth and I were up having this deal and then I was going to like 4 hours sleep and oh it was Easter right yeah yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah that's it what was it, I did, I was going to just be completely worn out for Easter and I was like well I really need to be present for Easter so I canceled um like at 1 1:30 at night cuz Aiden had said Aiden's dad was like look if you go I wasn't going to go out and then I saw Aiden's down. He's like, I'd say you got about a 75% chance of shooting a turkey tomorrow. <laughs> so now I just I was like, okay, at this point, do I even care about even trying to kill a turkey or not? I mean, they're putting it, giving, they're handing me this bird, basically. If I don't go, then I'm just like, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't, no self-respect at all. <laughs> so I agreed to go. And then, you know, this big, deep conversation broke out, and I had to cancel. And then Aiden goes anyway and steals my turkey. <laughs> Finders keepers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dad and I were talking uh, later that evening, and he was like, what kind of hunter just passes up in an opportunity to, like, a 75% chance to kill something? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, only a hunter that is 100% committed to duck hunting yeah, that's, and nothing else. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> As I don't care if it had been the same scenario, there is no way I would have canceled a waterfowl hunt in that scenario. Yeah, there's no way it wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Yeah, seventy five percent to kill one duck, or is this like seventy five percent to kill a limit? I just a mean limit. a duck hunt of any type or any kind. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, there would be a scenario in which if it was like days in a row that I had gone out, you know, uh, but generally speaking, there I don't cancel. I mean, I went out duck hunting one this year with the flu and ended up laying under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, you'll always still go. Sometimes you regret it. I did have to cancel the one where that huge Arctic blast was coming in. Because that was the because I went out and that was the tester was when I laid out under the tree with the flu. Because the next day was our big hunt. Because that yeah. front came in, you went out and got skunked. I could I had to cancel that one. I was dying. Yeah, that's that what it takes. A good decision. That's what it takes. <laughs> dead. You dead. wouldn't have got skunked. You wouldn't have got skunked if Elliot came with with you. Um, he would have been calling him in with that crow call. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gosh, you are a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Your secret weapon. <laughs> oh man, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I have many ways of getting you back. <laughs> <laughs> all right 
So go ahead. Let's jump into your last hunt, Aiden. All right. So the next day uh, following, after the day after Dad shoots his turkey, I'm back um, within probably 100 yards of the same spot where Dad shot his. And I get there pretty late again. Uh, the sun's on its way up. No, still early, probably 5.50. And sun up is probably a little after 6. And um, I hear a turkey goblin much closer than they were the previous morning. And I was like, oh, man, I might, I might not even be able to set decoys out. This turkey is close. Um, I had walked down to that pond uh, where uh, Dad's turkey had fallen into. And I'm sitting on a path next to that pond. And this turkey is has got to be... It seemed like he was on the other side of the pond. But I never saw him fly down. Um, so I, I did set my decoys out. I got a Jake decoy and two hen decoys. And I had my bow and my shotgun with me that morning. And I'm, I'm uh, striking up a goblin like fury out of this tom. He's just gobbling at every cluck that I make uh, with my call. And so I was feeling pretty confident. What, what kind of call are you using? Uh, this is a old bo- box call at this point. Um, I don't that, remember the brand. Is that the only kind you use, box calls? I also use diaphragm calls. I don't use any slates, but I would like to get one for next season just because they're interesting but mostly box calls and diaphragm calls gotcha and then i also gobble with my with my mouth because that's like primitive (laughs) (laughs) i do too but usually it's just a joke (laughs) (laughs) not aiden 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 will make any kind of animal call that he thinks he can hear at any time that you're out in the country. Oh yeah, try me. I will definitely. I'll make that sound. All right, let's <laughs> hear it. Let's hear it right now. <laughs> oh, the gobble. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, your microphone does it justice. Or not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, now let's hear a coyote. any of those like locator calls like uh owl or um normally i just coyote call with my mouth for locator yeah to locate gobble pretty good to that yeah i think elliot bet me what did you bet me like a hundred bucks that one it wasn't a hundred bucks you took it off? but uh there was some type <laughs> of bet where i didn't think it would work and it <laughs> we went out to the like corner of this these intersecting dirt roads he's like yeah i think i can locate this turkey it was like an easy half mile away and i'm like no way no you can't I've got it on video, <laughs> and we bet something, and sure enough, he did one. What call did you do on that? I think I just did a long coyote. Long coyote, how- and a, like clear down in the timber, you hear a gobble off right before sunset. Like, oh no way! <laughs> so, so with the locator calls, this is actually something I've been interested in. Um, first time I really heard of it I was watching uh, hunting public turkey videos, mm-hmm. and uh, they always do. I think they do that owl a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, can you just do like it doesn't spook them at all to do a locator call? You can do it like in the night or in the morning or or what? Uh, generally, I always do it in the evening, um, like the night before. If I haven't done any scouting, I'll go out the evening before and try and I'll do a couple howls. Well, I'll do one long howl and see if I can get a turkey to gobble. And if that doesn't work, then maybe I'll do two howls or something. Um. But I generally do it in the evening because coyotes are pretty active in the evening. Um, but a lot of times they're active a little bit uh, after the sun's down. And generally the turkeys aren't gobbling when it's dark. So if you do it like, you know, as the sun is going down. Um, generally coyotes aren't howling yet, but it sounds more natural, I think. Because um, the turkeys hear the coyotes every night. Um, and, and then so they during the, the coyotes? Yeah, the, the it just seems like weird that they do that but (laughs) it was really important for us on that trip because we hadn't done any scouting and we wanted to hunt this spot in the morning now we didn't shoot one but 
him doing that, we located right where the the turkey was and pinpointed it for the morning. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, it hmm. was cool. But then during Can you the do day, it in the morning? yeah, I guess I just don't haven't been in a situation where I uh, need to do it in the morning or midday, really. So I haven't experimented uh, with like an owl call or doing much coyote calling in the morning. But I think it would still work especially early in the season okay all right i'll let you continue on with story now enough questions (laughs) okay (laughs) um and so let's see where was that so yeah i had my decoy set out and it's getting pretty light and this turkey is still in the roost uh gobbling to my clucks and i i never saw or heard this turkey come out of the roost um, but he was farther in the forest um, so he must have kind of just hopped and glided down really close to his tree because um, he was probably close enough to where he probably could have just flown straight in he sounded like he was between 75 and 100 yards away and uh, so this turkey's coming down this path towards me and my hope is that he comes strutting into my decoys and I can get a bow kill because I've never killed a turkey with my bow and I've always wanted to um, but he, he comes in down this path and I can tell he's like looking at me and he stops at about 20-25 yards and he was, he, he was uh, fanned out and strutting um, but he, he brings his feathers back in and lifts his head up and I'm like, oh man, is he going to start running? <laughs> and so I went, I just picked up, uh, my shotgun instead of, I had my bow right next to my side and then I had my shotgun on my, the other side of me. And so I just took my hands off my bow and then grabbed my shotgun and shot him, uh, before he could decide to get away. So I was disappointed I couldn't get him with my bow, um, but that was the quickest I've ever called in and killed a turkey. That was I was done at 6:23 in the morning. So I I don't even think the sun was technically up yet. It was really bright. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that was a really quick hunt, and it was nice to get it knocked out and still, uh, you know, be at Easter yeah. service in time. So deal yeah i've uh i tried all last season to get one with my bow as well i was trying all kinds of crazy things spot and stock with a fan and all that kind of stuff so it's really tough to get one from i think sitting down even on a tree like that and i tried that as well um but they always were skirting me or just you know i never had it happen last season so i know what you're trying with that bow it's it is difficult but it's tough um I've, i've shot one out of a out of a tent that way and it, it's it's a lot of fun i think it's probably my preferred method shooting them with a bow mm-hmm. but I this season if no, you had on. a ghillie suit i think if you had a ghillie suit um at least for me hunting in the woods uh next to a tree i think that would camouflage my form better because i'm just wearing some camo jeans and a camo shirt and my form is pretty obvious so i think if i wore a ghillie suit i think that would work better at least for my area to disguise my form i've got danny's ghillie suit form. you need to come get it he's never gonna use yeah. it yeah it's got a yeah. decockle <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, i think the other thing you could probably do is <clears throat> sorry excuse me <laughs> the other thing you could do is probably um attach a fan to your bow um i've seen people do that as well um and give you a little a little bit to hide behind and i know there's some companies that make attachments for it that are probably better than the thing i jimmy rigged jimmy rigged at home did you put like a real turkey fan on yours on your bow yeah i used the the fan i I shot um from my turkey the year before nice yeah i've tried that honestly it turned out pretty well shotgun and they look good but i think they're too small to hide behind yeah yeah i agree that was probably probably part of my problem last year i was able to i mean i probably got 50 60 yards away 
from a tom and this tom had like eight or nine hens with him um and the hens were like all around me at like 10 yards i'm like standing there and out of the corner of my eye i can see one less than 10 yards just standing there they're just all around so i mean it worked except for that tom was just he was i I don't know he just knew something was up all i can say is he was probably smarter than the hens (laughs) yeah have you tried uh the mojo decoy i keep seeing advertised for it on instagram the scoot and shoot yeah Yeah. they must they must dump a ton of money into instagram promotions because i've seen that a million times and i don't know if it's because um their analytics show that i watch it all the way through every time or what but yeah (laughs) i'm sure that's it i've seen it a lot (laughs) it's pretty interesting it is cool to get one yeah yeah scoot and shoot i think they have uh there's a, a company that makes them for bows and it's called the reaper the turkey reaper Yeah, I think you need to use like the wings or something as well. But then at that point, it's like too heavy for your bow. So, I don't know. Yeah, definitely a cool idea. Maybe I'll revisit it at a different year. The only problem is with Indiana, you have one turkey and I don't know. I guess that's not really a problem. Just go for it the whole season. But last season, I did that and wasted my whole season. Um, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I wasted it. I didn't get a turkey and I had multiple chances to where a turkey was within shooting range but not within my bow shooting range (laughs) i think we lost him again all right well he's gonna hop back in here and um last thing i had a pigeon hunt which you wouldn't think a pigeon hunt would be very um eventful but this one was pretty eventful (laughs) so took chief out so one thing first off if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, um, I'm Duck Hunt Chronicles on Instagram. Elliot is freelance, freelance duck hunting. Aiden is Cherry Creek. Um, but one thing I've been trying to do is show all the dog training I'm going through this year with um, Chief and showing some more stories and all that kind of stuff. And I need you guys to keep me accountable through this somebody send me a message if you haven't seen dog training in a while because every season i say or every off season i'm like um i'm doing all this dog work and gonna make chief into this awesome duck dog and uh i mean i am doing a lot but i need to get kind of on a regiment and all that kind of stuff because he's it's just not what i'm doing right now isn't really transforming him transforming him into this elite duck dog like i'm wanting so anyways taking him out to do some pigeon hunt um stuff out at this farm and you know right off the bat knock one down and uh you know chief goes out and gets it and brings it almost all the way back and then he drops it about three feet from me which already starting off and he's uh annoying me a little bit because he's not bringing the bird all the way back and uh i'm like so that's one thing i gotta get him force fetched or gotta get him force fetched I just, I just need to, um, whether it's me or taking them somewhere because that's just annoying the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> and then next, so he's, he's already being difficult and he knows it too. He's looking at me. He's like, I know you want me to bring this to you, um, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave it there at three feet. And then he like picks it up again and drops it. Like he doesn't want to bring it to me. He's like, I want to I keep this pretty much is what he's saying. So um, we kind of move spots in the farm. We're trying to get a better angle on where i think the birds are coming from and there's just so many sights and smells and everything like this and chief's like running around and i'm like calling him and i can't get his attention like i don't know if he can't hear me if he's just completely zoned me out or what but he's like running in circles over here in the corner of this barnyard and i'm like chief come over here chief come over here and he's just like nothing like not even pausing not even turning towards me at all so that you know really really getting under my skin (laughs) Which, yeah. whenever that happens, that's time to, to stop your training because either you're going to, you know, get too frustrated with your dog where he's not going to enjoy it or you're not going to. And so, anyways, I go over there and I grab him and try to, like, pull him over towards me by his collar. And when I do that, my, my boot gets stuck in the mud and it just pulls right off and I step, like, into this, like, <laughs> it's like cow poop, water, <laughs> algae, I don't even know, and, like, just sink in. And now I'm like trying to balance on one boot and I like step in it again. And I'm just like, so like, so frustrated. You didn't <laughs> so, fall down I'm, though. 
I didn't, oh. but it was close. Dang it. <laughs> and so I just have to, I mean, what are you going to do? I'm like, should I take my sock off or like, <laughs> just have to put it back in my boot. See, that's probably when I would have lost my temper on my dog right then and there. That, that was like where I was seeing red for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I was, but I pulled it together. I pulled it together right there and I just said, Chief, come. <laughs> just go, Chief. <laughs> and, oh, man. But you, you want to, you know, lose your temper. But as soon as you do, you just make things worse. Yeah. And so I just pulled it together right there. <laughs> and then we shot another bird so we're walking back to my my uh, bucket at this point because i had a bucket there to sit on and while we're on the way back right after he was you know being difficult i shoot a bird so it's like oh great well i shot one now he's rewarded <laughs> he gets to go retrieve it and then he retrieves it and brings it back um and then we're walking back and i'm holding it up and i look at it and he no joke He's never done this ever. He leaps into the air and grabs it out of my hand. <laughs> I'm like, this night is uh, so I don't know what it was. If it's like, I mean, because I've literally I've been going out like three times a day. I come back at lunch to work with Chief, and it feels like we're regressing instead of improving. I'm like, what is going on? So I don't know if it's like the first time you know we're seeing birds. It's been since February. And he's just too overstimulated and excited. But we ended up shooting four and, um, you know, he retrieved the last one and brought it and dropped it in my feet again. So definitely need to give him a force fetch and definitely need to keep him from breaking. These are things I kind of, you know, goals I have now after that last hunt. Keep him from breaking because he, he literally broke so hard that he ran all the way past the pigeon and it like landed like 20 yards behind him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so I'm like, on. okay. Yeah, he just bolted. I mean, he was super excited. As soon as we started shooting the birds, he knew what was up. Um, he's sitting there all intense looking for him, and he'd see like a barn swallow or whatever they're called and <laughs> zipping past, and he's all intense. But, yeah. So I'm going to be working on that all summer, hopefully shooting some more pigeons to kind of <clears throat> test it because the backyard, it seems a lot better than at the barnyard for sure. <laughs> well, and you need a shooter, maybe bring your dad or hunter or something to have a shooter and then you just only work with chief cuz he won't, you know, if you if you're there, you can stop him from breaking a lot easier and and really focus on it if you're not yeah. shooting. Yeah. And then the the last issue I'm running into with the dog training is I I don't know like um how how intensely have you trained your dogs, Elliot? Like are you running a lot of like you know, two or three times sessions a week or anything? Or a oh, day? In, in Izzy's uh, younger years, um, I was doing every day, especially from zero to one. Um, before her first hunt, we did a bunch. And, I mean, I was working on stuff quite a bit. Um, I don't remember the frequency, but certainly from zero to her first hunt, we did a lot. So one issue I'm having is it's almost like he gets bored with some of the drills we run because I'm trying, like, some of the, like, forced to pile and working on like blinds being able to send them uh-huh. um and it's just like he's like disinterested in it he's like if you throw it from your hip and i see it go and he's like bam i'm out there and i'm bringing it back and i'll sit at hill and then you know you throw it somewhere else i'll go get it but i'm like you're putting five five or six in a pile and send them there and back there and back he's just like you know he's just like not into it so well, then you're going too long i mean we're talking like the first one oh, he's like oh. I, I don't He's like, I don't, I don't want to go to the pile. Like, I want you yeah. to throw it from your hip. And I don't know if that's because that's like ninety-five percent of his training in the first three years. And so I'm sure he's got a lot of bad habits. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's a little embarrassing to say it, but you know, that's just the truth. And uh, <laughs> trying to work through him. Yeah, if just from being around him, and I'm obviously not an expert trainer at all, but I think he's more of a low drive dog, like Izzy, um, and. You know, if you have a high drive dog, anytime you throw anything, they're going to go nuts. And I, I think that, um, and some dogs too, of course, I've, I've seen him on some stuff. He seemed a little bit low drive out hunting as well. He just may not quite have the drive that some other dogs have, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think the only problem with that was because he's got enough drive to go out there and get the birds. Mm-hmm. But when you start working bumpers or multiple bumpers, he's just not. Yeah, it's just hard to get him to go on a blind where I can get him excited for throwing one from the hip. Yeah. So yeah. That's something Dogs i got to find the answer to. You need to make sure and write all these <laughs> questions down um, so when we have 
someone on i certainly i can't i would like to have chris on from flatlander before i get my dog and we can hit him with a bunch of questions like this and uh you know because because every dog is different i hear these trainers saying you know every dog's different and and when you've trained as few dogs as you and i have being able to be like okay this dog is different in this way and here's how you handle it we just don't have the background information to solve some of these problems because we just haven't worked with you know, like Barton Ramsey or, or Chris at Flatlander or uh, Bob. You know, I mean, they've worked with so many dogs that, you know, well, this dog is doing this and here's why, where we just don't have that information. So where it's just like, well, what do we do? We don't know, you know. Yep. We can do the basics, but when it comes to unlocking a mystery in a dog, our chances are going to be pretty small. Yeah. So. How often do you uh, give him a reward when you're training him? Well, um, not too often. Yeah, maybe try that. Yeah, I've always heard that you're not supposed. Like I've tried it, and it does help. Like to give them some kind of like, like hey, you're gonna get this some like meat or something um, as a reward afterwards. But then he's like kind of thinking about that. He's always ready to like you know bolt towards the garage. Um, so I try to shy away from that. But maybe maybe I should just put it in there because if if i do that he'll be excited but it's like excited for the wrong reason i feel like well, i wouldn't give it to him after the whole session's over i would give it to him after each individual thing just a little piece of something after each individual thing now some trainers don't like that idea um but um i think i think barton was talking about they do that kind of stuff pretty heavily as far as um giving dogs little treats in training hmm but not not he's after not, the whole he's session. He's not a little dog. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, after you know, he does one retrieve, he gets a little piece of kibble or something. It doesn't take much. Maybe that would okay. help. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'll try it. <laughs> what do I got to lose? <laughs> or post some of these questions right. in, well, I think... in some of the forums. Yeah, for sure. That's a good idea. All right. Well, I think that'll probably wrap up our hunt update. Thanks again, Aiden, for jumping on here with us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm not sure if uh, maybe it wasn't an option, you know, being a golden slave and all, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got forced to drive. To come here. Yeah, J- Jordan was like, right. I'm going to ask Aiden. I was like, no, you're not. You're going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing. Just all right. Teasing. Go ahead, Elliot. And, uh, or not Elliot. Why can't I get your guys' names straight? Go ahead, Aiden, and uh, um, go ahead and plug yourself. Let people know where they can find you. I'm on Cherry Creek Outdoors on Instagram and Cherry Creek Outdoors on YouTube. So check me out. Thank you. Awesome. And you can guys, you guys can find Elliot and I at Duck Gun Chronicles for me, Elliot at Freelance Duck Hunting. That's all we got for this week. I'm Jordan for Elliot and Aiden. We'll see you guys next time.